Monique. Happy holidays <laughs> to you. Happy birthday, Mr. President. You know what? I'm going out of my fucking mind. I'm like, uh, I'm like Will Smith. I'm going to start slapping people. I'm going to start slapping myself. Uh, no, I just, it's that holiday spirit, you know? It just makes me want to sing. Um, anyway, welcome back uh, for more hijinks and bitching uh, to this um, third episode, mm -hmm. the December episode of Bitch Please. And so before we get into the coup de gras, the grand poobah of topics, a.k.a. my blatant <laughs> name dropping, uh, greatest hits of celebrities and famous people that I have either um, bumped into, literally uh, met, encountered, talked to, etc. I would like to crown the queen bitch for December. Who's it gonna be? Who's, Who's gonna, gonna be? be? <laughs> We're singing a lot on this show. And I don't know why. <laughs> I love it. Well, actually, this person is actually um, in correlation with a much larger topic that I haven't even um, touched on yet. Um, it's really the tip of the iceberg. And that is my reality TV show obsession. Um... I'm obsessed with Andy Cohen. I went to BravoCon last year. I have um, a love-hate relationship with all the housewives of all cities. And trust and believe, we will get there. We will get to these housewives. <laughs> They're like my whole life. Um, but no, this particular uh, reality TV show caught my attention. It's actually um, unusual. Um, in a few different ways for reality TV. And um, it's called The Villains on E! Have you seen the show? The I, House of Villains. I can't say that I have. Tell me about it. Okay, well, actually, Lauren, you shouldn't leave. But listeners, if you haven't seen this show, stop listening to this podcast and go watch this show. <laughs> there are extraordinary things about it. What it is is that... The E! Channel uh, took a bunch of washed-up, D-list uh, reality show people, um, threw them in a house that looks like it was owned by El Chapo, you know, drug dealer house, Pablo Escobar type house, somewhere in like Bel Air, Beverly Hills, Calabasas. Um, I've only been to LA a couple times, but probably in that area. And what they did was they uh, basically offered these people a quarter of a million dollars to stab each other in the back until one of them wins. It's just, you know, pretty, pretty blatant. And um, so, you know, I watch a lot of reality TV, but I have to say that these contestants, like, there's some of them I recognize, there's some of them I don't recognize. There's a couple guys on there that they they walk in, they're like, hey, I'm this big, bad, uh, you know, villain from, you know, season one of Big Brother. I've never seen either of these people before in my entire life. Um, 
you know, and I think possibly with some of these people, like their agent is saying to them, like maybe they have like a big social media following and their agent, you know, is kind of like, yeah, you know, you've got this big following. I'll book you on this show. And then there's other people I do recognize, like Jax Taylor from Vanderpump Rules, Skandaval. If you don't know what Skandaval <laughs> is, it took over the world. Um, <coughs> sorry, <coughs> Lauren, you okay? I'm dying. Go ahead. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> sure. Lauren's dying over here while I talk about Jax Taylor. Um, but at any rate, um, yeah, Jax Taylor, you know, he's the quintessential L.A. douchebag and he knows it, you know. And basically, his real name is Jason, and he's from Tampa, okay? I also grew up in Florida. I know Tampa, okay? He moved to L.A., and suddenly, he's Jax. <laughs> Are you going to be okay? I am. <laughs> wow. You're really... I can't, I can't make you laugh on this podcast because you're going to completely... <laughs> There's just... For those of you, if it matters to anybody, there's like some mucus sitting right on one of my vocal folds which is why i'm joking okay i won't go away all right come on okay uh yeah so um also there's this guy johnny bananas he's from mtv the challenge um basically i don't even know how old this man is at this point he's got to be in his 50s i mean basically he should be coming into that house with like a walker um you know like he can't do these physical challenges anymore, so it's like, let me do this. Then there's the queen bitch of December. And my reaction to seeing this person was, oh, you ever have that reaction? Mm-hmm. When you say, <laughs> oh, no, right? Not this person again. You know, do we have to see this person again? Uh, Omarosa. Do you know who Omarosa is? I'm assuming you're asking me, so yes. Yes, <laughs> I, I, I am. Um, well, you know, her claim to fame is she was in the uh, Trump administration. Um, you know, so that pretty much says a thousand words about who and what uh, she is all about. Okay, <coughs> right, right there. And um, also, uh, she was on Celebrity Apprentice, which was another Trump production. I used to love that show, by the way. Um, but the thing to me that makes her the queen bitch of the month uh, is that she thinks she's slick, but she's really dusty, you know? Um, and she's probably even more dustier than <laughs> most of the contestants on the show. Um, so yeah, Omarosa, but basically the show itself, um, and I can't believe I'm going to use this word in correlation with reality television, but there does seem to be an intelligence at work with this show, which is why it stands out because the show laughs at itself, you know, and actually the contestants besides Omarosa uh, you know, they're basically all like, okay, well, I was on Survivor season one, you know, a million years ago. I'm washed up and I really need this money. So I just have an appreciation um, for authenticity and calling a thing a thing. And also the host, 
the icing on the cake is too is the host Joel McHale. I don't know if you know who he is. I love him. <laughs> I love Joel McHale. <coughs> Excuse me. You're gonna be, are you gonna make it through this podcast? I am going to make it through this <laughs> podcast. I'm hell or high water. This has happened so many times where I need to be quiet, and then my body decides like we're gonna have a coughing fit. Oh Lord. <laughs> okay. At any rate, we're we're going to march bravely through. <laughs> But anyway, Joel McHale, what he does is he like shows up, gives them a challenge, makes fun of them and, uh, you know, and leaves. So this is what makes the House of Villains something a little different for me. Um, and then there was something else that was on my mind this week, Lauren, um, and that is my show logo. Now, um... Listen, I love my piggy. I love my piggy logo. Every time I look at it, it makes me laugh. Um, But I was looking at all the logos on Apple Podcasts. And, you know, if you look at them, uh, they're pretty slick. Uh, There's somebody laid some cash down Mm -hmm. to have some photography done. Um, You know, they hired a graphic designer, little art direction. And the reason they're doing this is to look like a professional podcast that you should want to listen to. Now, listen, my, my piggy is, you know, stock art, okay? It's stock <laughs> art, man. We're not pretending, you know. Um, but the, the thing about it is that they also want to attract listeners, um, you know, with their, with their very beautiful, you know, album covers. And, uh, you know, even Eric Andre, like he had original line art done. I mean, somebody, somebody got paid some money. Um, but guess what? I mean, we want to attract listeners too. This show is really funny and I want as many people as possible, uh, to hear it. We should be heard, Lauren, once you stop coughing. It would be great. (laughs) It would be great. Um, but basically, um... I already had plans to have a portrait done um, of me and my gorgeous uh, wolf baby, (laughs) Falcon, you know, dressed in white on a throne, maybe, (laughs) you know, my beautiful, courageous uh, wolf looking off into the distance, nobly, you know, put a little font over that. Nice, right? So the only thing I noticed about it is that, you know, the thought of it, it sounds beautiful and I probably should do it. you know, but um, I don't know. For some reason, when I think of letting go of my piggy, it just, I don't know. It just hurts my soul. I don't know why. I'm like very attached to this pig. So once I get the art done, you know, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it in 2024. Right? Yeah, I think so. I think so. So guess what? Thinking, uh, thinking about pigs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> speaking of which, mm-hmm. uh, Lauren, you and I were kind of talking about this train wreck person uh, mm-hmm. off mic, and you know, as is obvious to our listeners, uh, listen, uh, this is not meet the press. Okay, <laughs> we are not a political show. However. Um, if a politician does something particularly stupid, which, come to think of it, happens quite a bit. Yes, it does. <laughs> oh, yeah, it does. Um, you know, 
we'll talk about it. And this particular person, we have to talk about this guy, uh, George Santos, uh, the Republican congressman uh, from New York. Mm-hmm. And apparently this guy, like when he filled out his congressman like application or submitted his congressman resume <laughs> or to become a, a congressman, uh apparently every single thing on his resume is apparently a fabrication now you know when you uh submit your resume for a job you know you zhuzh it a little you know there's a little zhuzh you know you kind of fudge a little here and there but Mm -hmm. this uh was ridiculous it's next level buffoonery yes absolutely and finally (laughs) they ousted him i don't know how long it took uh, for them to oust him. Well, he was he was elected in the in November of 2022. Oh, okay. <laughs> and and you know was signed into office in January of 2023. It's now it happened on December 5th or 4th? No, I lied. December 1st. On December 1st, he was kicked out, expelled from um, the House of Representatives. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Less than a year. Okay, so that's actually pretty fast for <laughs> the United States government uh, to hone in on somebody who, I mean, well, there were a couple things that stood out for me, which is, first of all, the campaign contributions he used for Botox, OnlyFans, yes. Right, $4,000 at Hermes. What can you buy for 4000 at Hermes? One scarf. Exactly, that's exactly <laughs> what I said. I said, what could you buy? A scarf? Yes. 4000 Yes, that's yeah. about it. Exactly. And, and OnlyFans, which to me, it's like, I'm surprised they didn't find more like, you know, maybe weird hardcore porn. <laughs> You know, sites, but no, only fans. That's all they seem to uncover. I mean, there's that. He lied um, in order to collect unemployment benefits during the pandemic. Yeah. He, <laughs> my personal favorite of all of these, and this is because I'm a theater person, is he said that he was one of the producers on Spider Man Turn huh? Off the Dark in 2000, like 2009. And the, the New York Magazine had said there's no way that's probably possible because at the same time, he was supposedly um, a star volleyball player for Baruch college get the hell out of here <laughs> how could you just make that up out of, out of nowhere yeah that's what got me like he was holding down apparently uh, a six-figure job yes and collected twenty four thousand dollars in unemployment benefits mm-hmm. listen that had to be an insight listen the dol as far as i've seen they've been cracking down so i don't quite know how he did this this is what amazed me about you know these sociopaths like they <laughs> They have such a freedom of mind. They have no, you know, moral compass whatsoever. So, you know, they are like masterminds somehow. But I guess it's good. The U.S. government finally got this guy out. Um, But yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm very much looking forward to um, an interview he did with Z-Way for her show on Showtime. Because I'm, I saw the promo material and she tore into him very early on, you know. And you know, there are, I guess, there are some positives to the guy. He's the first openly gay um, 
representative ever in the House of Reps. Is he really? Yeah, for the Republican Party, yes. I actually didn't know that. I didn't know it either until I read about it earlier today. And I, I never like, pay oh, attention no. to politics anyway, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Supposedly he has a partner who was, but there's no wreckage, record, excuse me, of any wreckage. Wreckage oh, yeah. is good too. Wreckage is a good word. <laughs> there's no rec- record or paper paper trail of like the fact that the, he and this person are actually, in, in you know, in, are married. Um, and the person that it's supposed to be said, uh, no, there's no such thing. So it's wild. He is, I have friends who live in his district in Nassau County, and they even said that we don't even, the only reason that this happened is because people just didn't turn up to vote in 2022. It's a midterm. Nobody cares. So oh, I was like, that's, that's how, okay. And this is the Gold Coast, like the Gold Coast of Long Island. It's very wealthy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was kind of interesting to see, you know, he got defeated by Tom Swazi in 2020. And then he came back in 2022 and got the seat because nobody came out to vote. Because no one voted. Yes. Yeah, funny how that happens, right? And huh. he, he, all this stuff about him has been documented for a long time. Like, there's a small newspaper on Long Island that documented all of this guy's you know, his <laughs> undoings, his lies, yeah. and nobody I guess took it seriously, and now it, it's too late. <laughs> the damage has been done. He's got he, lawsuits coming at him from every single level of the court system and what i what blows my mind is that he's still like walking around like nothing's wrong I'm oh. like how how i want that level of you said you had said sociopath psychopath i agree i also right. think he's delusional i mean he's lying all the time it okay i want to live in that world for like five minutes yeah i mean i have theories about sociopaths i mean they have no moral compass there's nothing that's mm. stopping them so this is uh, extremely liberating. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and apparently this guy was totally liberated, but that actually makes that, you know, his uh, getting voted in uh, to office make a lot more sense because nobody, nobody fucking voted. Yeah. Yeah. There was a, there was <laughs> an, really a, cool. there was like an under a, a limited turnout. Okay. I was like, when I was like reading about it, I'm like, oh, that's how nobody read about who he was. Okay. Well, that's how these things happen. Yes. This is yeah. nobody, no people, you don't do your research and mm-hmm. then somebody gets a job and then all of a sudden it's like, wait, how did, wait, who is he? What is he doing? How many people does he owe money to? What? Yeah. I mean, when you go in to vote, I mean, you have to admit a lot of those names, you don't know who the fuck they are, right? Republican, Democrat. Well, I'm a Democrat or I'm, I'm this, you know, so a, a lot of people, when they go in to vote, they don't know who the fuck the candidates are. <laughs> They don't, you know. So this guy leveraged the system. Mm. Our friend George Santos. All right, so onwards. Okay, now it's time for the uh, piece de resistance, or if you will, uh, the crown jewel of the December 2023 third episode of Pitch Please. Um, and as I mentioned, this is going to be. Um, it was very hard to crystallize this down. Um, this is going to be my, as I mentioned, uh, my greatest hits of, um, of uh, famous people that I have encountered. Now, I, I am going to try to crystallize and categorize um, this list uh, as best as I can. And, and I'm going to start with number one, why? Why me? Why? Why, do I, why have I met all these people? Well, the first reason, and this is something I think Lauren can attest to, is I live in New York City. And, um, you know, 
these roving, marauding bands of tourists, you know, who prowl the streets of New York City, uh, sniffing for, you know, Taylor Swift coming out of her apartment in Tribeca. Uh, they're right. I mean, I don't know what else to say. I mean, you know, they're just prowling around like idiot wolf packs. And these idiots are correct. This town, New York City, is crawling with celebrities. Mm-hmm. They're like cockroaches. They literally are everywhere. So whether you work quote unquote in the business or whatever or not, you're, you're invariably going to encounter them. Mm-hmm. And when I first moved back to New York City, I was born here. Uh, basically, um, you know, I was told I was going to have my obligatory Woody Allen sighting. I did have two of them. (laughs) And uh, basically, uh, yeah, it was kind of like a movie. I was walking down Central Park West and bang, there he was coming out of Mia Farrow's apartment. Right. And then a couple of years later, (laughs) after that big scandal blew up, uh, I brought my toddler son to uh, Big Apple Circus. And there was Woody with Sun Yi and their baby. And... The kind of annoying thing about it was that you could tell they wanted to be noticed. Like, wouldn't you want to crawl under a rock? I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and I shot them this like insidious look because yes, I'm on Mia Farrow's side. Yes, I'm on Dylan Farrow's side. Uh, and it actually hurt me because uh, I tend to worship film directors. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, listen, if, if you were to say to me, uh, Annie Hall is the best film you know, ever made, it would be hard for me to argue with you, you know? I, I wanted to live in that film, so, you know, it pains me, <laughs> these accusations of pedophilia mm. from film directors. Uh, so, so yeah, that's, that's sort of my, like, first category is living in New York City. I'm sure you've encountered yours. Um... And then the next reason, which is kind of overarching reason, is I've, I've just worked for a few television networks. So invariably, it's going to happen at a certain point. And um, I did mention at one point um, in another episode that I did work for PBS. Uh, at that time, it was just strictly a publicity office in New York. And uh, my big claim to fame when I was at PBS is I met Lamb Chop. You know oh that puppy? <laughs> I love Lamb Chop and Sherry Lewis. I lo- I grew up on, we didn't have cable the first like eight years of my life. So all I had was PBS for entertainment. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's probably the biggest star that I've met is Lamb. No, <laughs> but um, no, actually uh, Lamb Chop was not there, but I did meet the lovely Sherry Lewis, the late Sherry Lewis. Mm-hmm. I believe she did pass. Yes. Yes. Um, and that was cool. And then, you know, things like this you know sometimes famous people would just kind of show up in that office for unknown reasons that i don't know no one would explain to me like for example like on a tuesday morning i'm stumbling into the you know the kitchen in the office trying to grab a bleary-eyed cup of coffee and i bump into uh, richard dreyfus do you know who richard dreyfus is yes okay so he's one of my favorite actors Right, mm-hmm. especially from the '70s, the '80s, the '90s, and uh, I kind of like 
Like if anybody out there doesn't know who Richard Dreyfus is, you know, boop, 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 boop. <laughs> Close Encounters of the Third Kind. He plays that frenetic you know, kind of character. And then yeah. he was also in Jaws, another, Jaws, Spiel- another yes. Spielberg film, but he's been in a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, and I remember peeping my head out of the kitchen going, hi, hello, Richard Dreyfus in the kitchen. Do we know why? Hello? Anybody? No one. No one cares. No one knows. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know why Richard Dreyfus is here. So that was a Tuesday at PBS. But basically, something very interesting happened to me um, while I was working there, which is I discovered that I hated PR, uh, but that I still loved uh, TV. So what I decided to do was quit my job and go work for free for the Charlie Rose Show as an intern. Okay, much to the chagrin of my boss who tried to stop me. Yes, and back then Charlie Rose's uh, reputation preceded him. Um, you know, I was told I should wear short skirts around Charlie. He likes that. I'm like, really? You think that's going to be the only way I'm going to kind of get anywhere in the Charlie Rose universe? But more recently, if anybody doesn't know about Charlie Rose, I mean, he was, you know, hashtag me too'd. Uh, he was taken down in disgrace. Um, at that time, I believe he was hosting uh, CBS Morning News. Yes. And I don't think he could do... I don't know at what point he stopped doing the Charlie Rose show, but... If you know anything about it, I mean, basically, all of A-list Hollywood and world leaders, you know, wanted to sit with Charlie. And when I talk A-list, I'm literally talking the caliber of, you know, Brad Pitt, De Niro, DiCaprio. I have not met any of those three yet, (laughs) but that was the sort of caliber. And so my boss tried to dissuade me. It's like, you sure you want to do this? And I'm like, yes, I do. And I'll tell you why. Because my first day, I met Carol Burnett and Kermit the Frog. I mean, I was totally starstruck. Mm-hmm. You know? no, I, I get it. That makes sense. Right? And so basically, it became I became a set PA. So it became my job to meet these people every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, and what walked through the door was literally mind-blowing. And some of them wanted to talk to me. Uh, like Carol Burnett, she wanted to sit and talk to me about her daughter's wedding and how her daughter was all tatted up and she was going to be wearing, uh, you know, an off-the-shoulder dress. And this was a little... Carol kind of wondered about that, you know? <laughs> she wasn't sure about that, but she was absolutely lovely. I had actually heard um, that she was kind of bitchy or something. She couldn't have been nicer, and she made me sit and talk to her for almost a half hour. There you go. <laughs> so the thing is... Some of these people, when they came on the show, you know, people have different ways of uh, relaxing uh, before going on to meet uh, Charlie. Uh, Some of them wanted to talk to you. Some of them, you know, wanted me to put them in a green room with a Diet Coke and leave them alone, which was, you know, fine. And then there were others like Quentin Tarantino. Okay, he let me ask him every single fucking question I have ever had about his masterpiece Reservoir Dogs and (laughs) Pulp Fiction. And I sat and I talked to him again for like a half hour and he wore a green Astro Boy tie and uh, he was like everything that I hoped for and more. Like, you know how they say, you know, never meet your heroes, you're going to get disappointed. I mean, I have had those experiences, but then sometimes, you know, you meet people and it's like, holy crap, you're really like the most awesome ever. Um, but then, see, 
the moral of this stories, all of the stories I'm about to tell really, is what I realized is that all of these people, with the exception of Prince, <laughs> who was not of this earth, <laughs> uh, are human beings who, you know, just basically did um, extraordinary things. You know, and uh, like when I was talking to Carol Burnett, I felt like I was like talking to my one of my mother's friends and uh, talk about slapping people. And I like was ready to slap myself in the face. I'm like, wake up. This is, you know, it's Carol Burnett. My God. Um, but talking about the sort of human aspect of this, um, there's a person that stood out in this regard. And I never forgot it. Um, Alec Baldwin, the great actor. I consider him to be. Um, one of the great American actors. Um, and I was very excited to meet him. Um, he's been in a lot of films, but catch him in Glen Gary, Glen Ross. He is in that film for 10 minutes. Um, there is a brilliant ensemble cast around him, and you never forget him. Like, that's the mark of a great actor right there. So I was all amped. So Alec comes in. And uh, he, at that time, had, like, a political agenda of some kind. And uh, he goes in, talks to Charlie. Charlie talks to him for 10 minutes and throws him out. Oh, my God. <laughs> so Alec Baldwin comes out. He's a complete mess. He's like, was I okay? Was that okay? That was only 10 minutes. Why did he throw me out? Does he not like me? Do, oh, oh, my God. And so I had to take him all the way down the elevator to his car while he was, like, having a nervous breakdown. And so... To placate him. And I'm telling you something. This was above my pay grade, man. <laughs> well, you weren't being paid. So, yes, I guess that's well, true. at a certain point, I was oh, okay, good. <laughs> being paid as a set PA. It took a while, but it wasn't much. Right, okay? right. Uh, I am not a trained uh, clinical psychiatrist. You know, I mean, I was like a Rorschach <laughs> test to these people. Um, and so what I, what I did with Alec was I did that kind of Hollywood thing that I despise, which was to be fake. So I was like, no, 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 you were great. You were fantastic. Don't even worry about it. No, no, no. You were great. You were great. Mm -hmm. Right? Uh, meanwhile, Alec was right. Listen, uh, the longer Charlie had you in that room to talk to you, the more he liked you. You know? So that was basically it. And so this job was exhausting. Producing a TV show day in, day out like this, I was, I was completely frazzled. You know, mm -hmm. and it just became a job. Like I started not to give a damn, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, especially yeah. because they weren't paying me that much. And so, like, for example, like I became totally desensitized at a certain point, you know, and like one of the producers actually came to me at one point and said, listen, John Travolta is coming in on Saturday to meet with Charlie. It's the only time he can do it. Will you come in to take care of him? And I said, fuck no, get somebody else to do that shit. Can you believe this? I turned down meeting John Travolta. Oh my God. I mean, Scientology or no Scientology. I mean, <laughs> I worship him. <laughs> but um, no, I mean, if, if the producer came to me at that point and said, you know, hey, uh, Jesus Christ is coming down uh, from the sky. Uh, and he wants to do it on the Charlie Rose show and say, hi, I'm God. Uh, and he wants to do it on a Sunday, you know, because that's his day. Uh, and his birthday's coming up. Mm -hmm. Would you like to come and meet Jesus? And I'd be like, fuck no. Get somebody else to do that shit. Like, 
I would say no to meeting God. Like, that's how bad <laughs> it got and how tired I became. But I will say, um, you know, look, as far as the hashtag me too stuff with him, uh, he was always nice to me. I gave him his black coffee, no sugar every single night before he met these extraordinary people. Um, you know, I met all of Hollywood and world leaders within the first six months. Uh, and I managed to evade uh, being sexually assaulted. However, I will tell you mm. that um, one of the people who came forth to initiate Charlie's fall from grace uh, was someone I actually worked with oh. at the time. Yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, looks like I had an angel on my shoulder there. Um, the next category of celebrity, and this is kind of a funny one, are celebrities that I almost knocked down in the street because they were so short. Okay? Uh, very specific. <laughs> and I, It's very specific because it happened to me a few times. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm not particularly... I'm 5'5". Five five. That's average height for a woman. So we're talking short. Mm-hmm. Okay? So the first one... Um, you know, I got another one of these jobs as like a, a, a set PA at another talk show. And we were told that Prince was going to be the musical guest. Well, there was a tidal wave backstage. Holy shit. <laughs> Prince is coming. And we were told, uh, you are not to look at Prince. You are not to talk to Prince. Prince is God. I was like, okay, listen. <laughs> all right, bullshit with that. But listen, I don't want to get fired. All right, I'm not going to look at Prince. I was terrified to look at Prince. So at a certain point that day, um, his bass player came to me and said, um, hey, listen, the uh, bass string has busted, you know, mm. on, on my instrument. Can you help me? So I said, sure. And I, I rustled up somebody to run to Sam Ash and get him a bass string. And I will tell you that his bass player was a total doll, looked me in my eyes uh, and was a total sweetheart. Um, you know, so... At a certain point, uh, I remember I was standing in the hallway and I was having a kind of an intense conversation with somebody. And you know how you pick up something in your peripheral? Yes. All right. So here we go. So it was like all within a millisecond. So it was almost like a, um, you know, reflex. Mm-hmm. I turn and I look and there's Prince. Mm-hmm. And he's standing in the middle of the hallway. Okay. He's wearing a very tall turban or towel. I don't know what the hell it was and a robe he is not moving he is not talking <laughs> he's standing there like a statue and he has these huge doe eyes okay and his doe eyes locked with mine and he wouldn't turn his gaze oh and he said not one fucking word <laughs> now look and so when they say Prince was not of this earth, I mean, he did. He looked like an alien and he was really short. OK, and I think he weighed as much as me. I mean, back then I probably weighed about a buck ten. Mm. Um, I mean, I registered all of this within milliseconds. So you'd think when I lay eyes on Prince, I'd be like, oh, my God, it's Prince. But no, it was like, fuck, I'm going to get fired. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you could say he was looking at you first. <laughs> he initiated. You know, so I whipped my head back around and mm. I went back to talk to the person that I was talking to. And the whole time I was talking to them, I was totally panicking. I'm like, oh, my God, this is not my fa- fault. He wouldn't turn away. You know, he kept looking at me and I was like, God damn it, I don't want to be fired. So mm. that was, you know, sort of the thoughts in my mind. 
Um, but if you'll notice about Prince, if you've ever heard people talk about meeting him, every one of their stories is weird. Okay, so I mean, I'm weird, but this is—I mean, <laughs> this is the level of weird. I mean, for me to say weird, you know, that's kind of that's kind of huge. So. <laughs> 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 you know that was Prince. You know, God rest his brilliant soul. Uh, mm-hmm. But what an encounter! So, um, you know, that was that that was that was Prince. Um, but then the next one. Now this um, this could also maybe be in the category of musicians, um, but well, it's kind of the closest I've ever come to meeting a Beatle yet. So at a certain point before I started working at all these networks, I did work for the Museum of Broadcasting and I was trying to get back to work. I was late from lunch or whatever, and I was trying to cross the street and all these cars are going by and I'm waiting and waiting and waiting. And finally, I start striding across and all of a sudden this body appears in front of me and I look down and it's Yoko, Yoko, okay? And she's like all paranoid and freaked out. And I'm like thinking to myself, Yoko, what are you so paranoid about? Like, what do you think, you know, what do you think I'm going to do? You know, like it was just crazy. And um, she was extremely short and I literally almost knocked her to the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it's just the kind of thing like in my mind, it's like big deal. It's Yoko. You know, it's like of all the Beatles, the universe decides to give me fucking Yoko. OK. And I was saying to myself look you know you know yoko you don't have to be all freaked out like why don't you go like scream in the moma again and call that art and then maybe come back and talk to me and i'll still be like listen i'm not impressed you know she did that she had she She was trying to be marina marina yeah marina abramovich yes yes who does that kind of stuff but she does it with oh god it's heart-wrenching but doesn't she do doesn't she sit and stare Marina Abramovich, uh, she does a bunch of things like that. Yes. Yeah. So now if the man standing next next to Yoko uh, had been John Lennon, um, that would have been the greatest moment of my entire existence. There you go. Um, But we still have Ringo and we still have Paul. Yeah. So it could still happen. So it could happen. Keep hope alive. Yeah. All right. They just released that new song. So why not? (laughs) They just released now and then. So anything is possible. Anything is possible. We have technology. We have everything. Um, So you never know. Okay. So the next one is, of course, one of my ex-boyfriends. Here we go. We both worked at HBO together. And he took me to um, a heavyweight um, world championship boxing match in uh, a match in uh, Vegas. And so on our way to the after party in the car, we had like a huge fight and I became extremely furious at him. So I busted out of the car, furious, and I busted into this party. <laughs> and I thought to myself, let me pull myself together. I started striding toward the bathroom and uh, all of a sudden, again, this body uh, appears in front of me and we would have been nose to nose but he was too short he came up to my boobs Mm -hmm. okay and i looked down and it's spade it's david spade (laughs) and i literally almost knocked him to the ground too and he did the same thing that fucking prince did to me he didn't say hello goodbye fuck you what are you doing bitch nothing he just like stared at me 
for like a few seconds and I I realized, fuck, it's spade. Mm-hmm. And I, I almost knocked him down and I ran away. <laughs> and I ran into, um, you know, the bathroom and, and pulled myself together. And, you know, once I had a chance to calm down and have a couple of drinks, uh, I did come to realize and look around and see that entire party was completely star-studded, but I didn't give a fuck because I was hammered. Sure. So, <laughs> and upset from the fight, I imagine too. Oh yeah. Well, we made up, you know, toward the end of the party, but mm. it, you know, it's just I didn't give a damn who was there. Again, you know, God could have been there, and I just would have been like, "Get out of my way, God! I'm pissed." But at any rate, um, so did you like those? I did. I like them. I do. <laughs> la 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 la. Post Malone. I like them. I do. Well, here's the thing about this. You know what? We could actually have, you know, no, we could have a celebrity. We could have a famous person on this show. It could happen. Could. It could. Actually, that's a very real possibility. The plan of the places I work right now, we have high, like A-listers come through on a regular basis. So I'm, I'm similar to you in that I'm like, I'm not going to say I'm numb to it, but I now recognize the best way to interact with people whose star status is significantly higher than mine is to just treat them like normal people. Yeah. And 90% of the time they're going to be real grateful about that. Yeah. The more normal you act, like you have to act professional. If of you course. Can. Yes. And, and as I was mentioning, I, I was so fucking starstruck at first. I just couldn't even, I couldn't even contain myself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, basically, but you know, listen, you know, we can get somebody on the show. Listen, I'll even take uh, house of villains. One of these D de- washed up D list people. <laughs> Omarosa. Come on this show. Omarosa. <laughs> I'll talk to you, you know, I'll take it, you know, what can Mm -hmm. I say? Anyway, so this has been Fab. Yes. I hope you have some nice hot tea. I appreciate you not dropping dead during the show. That was really awesome. (laughs) I was, I told you, I'm like, it happens every time you need me to be quiet for some reason, my whole body just goes, no, let's make all the noise, all of it. And we'll suffocate you at the same time. No, but we did it and it's (laughs) awesome. You know, um, we are going to see you in 2024, the January show. Oh, yes. Uh, The year 2024 is the year of the dragon. Oh, so enter the dragon, bitch, please. Hell yeah. All right. We'll catch you guys next time.